Welcome to the Who's He Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And this week's show is part two of our audio commentary for the Gunfighters. This week is episodes three and four. And uh, Tony will be joining us later on for that, won't he? Yes, we're yeah. going to just get him out of the box now. Exactly. <laughs> Got the foot pump out. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Now, um, usually we would do some news because last week we didn't do any. We just wanted to get stuck into the commentary. And... Um, Really, there isn't any news to discuss, is there? Yeah, we saved it all up for this week. Yes, we have. No, bugger, there's (laughs) there's absolutely nothing to discuss. Um, But, however, as we're recording now, um, it is March the 26th and 2015, and ten years ago to this day, um, Doctor Who returned to our screens in 2005 with Christopher Eccleston. Um, now I know the BBC are not celebrating any, any 10th anniversary thing here which I think a lot of the fans wanted but I can understand why they haven't because we just had the 50th yeah it's, it sort of, sort of demeans the 50th if you then celebrate the 10th afterwards exactly it? exactly it would be sort of quite um, counterproductive I feel to, to yeah. be honest but a lot of podcasts have been sort of celebrating it in their in their own way and I think rather than sort of doing a obviously we're not doing a special um, a special podcast on the tenth anniversary of, of the uh, the reboot of Doctor Who. A reboot's the wrong word, isn't it? It's not a reboot; it's a continuation, I should say. Yes. Um, a welcome return. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. Um, yes, yeah, so we just sort of think about well, what did we feel on the night it was it was on back in two thousand and five? Because this is the days before we we were podcasting, well before we were podcasting. Yeah. Uh, and it just feels that long. It does, doesn't it? Crikey. Uh, but it was more to the point of we were just used to maybe a couple of weeks later we might meet up for a beer and then just discuss it, didn't we? Really, over a pint. Um, but on the on the evening, actually, before we get to that, um, what, what when did you hear it was coming back? Because I was asked this question on, on another podcast and I can't remember. No, I can't remember either. To be well, there'd been rumours and rumours and rumours, hadn't there, that it would yeah. be. Um, so after a while, you just sort of went, "Yeah, right, fine." Yeah. I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, we've heard it all before, haven't we? You know, the, the bitter and twisted yeah. fans. Yeah. Yes. So, so after a while, you sort of just shut off, didn't you, to, to, to the facts of the rumours that it was coming back. Yeah. Um, and 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 all the the different castings and whatever. Well, I think what the one thing that seems to be sort, I think sort of forgotten amongst all this is that the actual continuation of the show was Scream with a Schalker that was the BBC uh, attempt at reviving the show as, as, yeah. as an online cartoon and Richard E. Grant was officially cast as the Ninth Doctor yeah uh, but then I think just as I've, I've since remembered um, on the documentary on Scream with a Schalker DVD uh, around about the time they're sort of midway through production and then BBC Worldwide announced they were bringing Doctor Who back, or BBC Wales announced they were bringing Doctor Who back, I should say, which sort of um, rendered their their production a little bit redundant. Yeah, that that that, that in some ways was a shame. They just got they, that would have been nice if that had filled in a bit earlier, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. All those years to do it, um, unfortunately, their time was just way off. Wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely way off. But yeah, like I mean, 
you know, like you, I can't remember really where um, I've read or heard it was actually it was actually coming back. Um, yeah, I, I mean, then, then they then, then you get the casting of Eccleston and the excitement grows. Then you get the casting of Billy Piper and excitement calls. <laughs> yeah, that was that that was really strange because I, I must admit I was of the of the same opinion. I just thought Billy Piper. I think it was just such a relief that they hadn't gone for um, somebody of a sort of celebrity for the Doctor. Mm, yeah. But you saw, oh, this is brilliant. And then, then you got that and you thought, oh, no, they've done it for the companion. Yeah, I know. I know. It was, it was like that stunt casting thing you dread, yeah. isn't it? It's sort of, you're back to the days of uh, like McCoy's tenure with like people like Ken Dodd being cast. Yeah, yeah, you know, stunt casting thing. But um, you just thought, how serious? No, how you thought? Oh, they're really taking it seriously. Then you thought, or are they? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It was um, mixed feelings. I think when when I sort of discovered that. Um, but I think the thing that sort of swung it for me at the time was when they said they cast Christopher Eccleston because that's that sort of the, okay. He's a he, he is a serious actor, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's he always has been known. I think that's probably why he only lasted the one year, wasn't it? Probably, but then you think about all the rubbish he starred in since. I mean, some of the awful um, Hollywood films he's gone on to make. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, G.I. Joe, for Christ. I mean, that must have been just a bit of paycheck, that one, really. I was going to say, so there, there, there's probably no there's serious actor, there's paycheck. Yeah. Yes, and, indeed. But, indeed. but, but if, you, if you're not happy with what you're doing and you're not getting the paycheck as well, I suspect, is... Yeah, <laughs> where the problem lies. Well, well, we'll never get to the bottom of what actually went on during yeah. the film of that series. But he wasn't happy with the the production no. staff. I know, particularly, yeah. especially during Keith Boak's um, uh, sort of production block. And he he was a big fan of uh, Joe Ahern, and because he said about the fifth, if Joe Ahern would, would direct it, he'd come back. So, uh, but anyway, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so you know, I, I mean. I've said this before as well. It's sort of when all the the promotion stuff was coming out, you think this is really happening now. Yeah, and you, st- you still couldn't quite believe it. It was happening, but um, what I mean, I've said on I said on this this other podcast on the Blue Box podcast, we were sort of um, discussing um, sort of new Who when it came back, um, and I had this image of it being like the old series where you had like the studio bound stuff, and then the outside would be on film, so this mixture of video and film again. But of course. It was nothing like that, but what did you expect, really, before you, uh, saw, before you saw any any of the promos? I really don't know, to be honest. It was just <laughs> it was just pure excitement that it was coming back. I know, I know. And it was odd because probably you're the only person I could talk about who else I knew who was interested. Yeah, that's so, like, that's almost like you're the only person who understands me. <laughs> <laughs> Through <laughs> those cold winter nights, <laughs> it was only the force of chatting to you that kept me going. <laughs> oh dear! Um, that and my VHS of Brain of Morbius. <laughs> we had to keep you company. <laughs> um, no, but it was because because it what it wasn't then was it? It wasn't something that people would automatically even. Acknowledge that if you said to somebody, you know, oh, do you like Doctor Who? They'd be, yeah, right. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the thing because I mean, you, you never spoke about Doctor Who public, did you? No, you never did. They, no. I think, Doctor Who fans at the time had the had the I don't know, might still have now. I don't know, but um, if, well, do if you look on Gallifrey base, but they they did have the worst reputation. They were the pinnacle of nerddom. 
Yeah. They really were. Them and Star Trek fans were the pinnacle of nerd. And, and, and of course, since it's come back, they've all started doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 to put that, that, that uh, stereotype to rest. Yes, indeed. We're all doing <laughs> podcasts now. Oh, dear. I mean, it, it is the fact, actually, that we've gone from, basically, I can remember, because actually I had to get back from Manchester to see it that day. Oh, right, okay. Because um, okay. I was in Manchester at the time. And um, obviously wasn't going to watch it up there. So it just literally was a car car. I'm going to go what? home what? Some, on my own to savour this. I was going to say, you, you weren't going to watch it on their black and white sets that they have up north. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like I could imagine the reaction I'd have got if I'd have said, um, yeah, uh, that's seven o'clock. I just need to <laughs> watch it <laughs> So yeah, so it's sort of gone from from that that I've even been that excited on the Saturday, but actually not even saying to the person that I was with at the time, I'm really excited about. It. I want to get home and watch the TV. <laughs> but, to to now having come out and told all my family and friends that I do a podcast on the. <laughs> oh no! It took me years to to come out to my family that I did a podcast. They all knew anyway. <laughs> yeah. It was like coming out gay. It was like it coming was, out, mother, was, father, I'm gay. It's sort of, oh, we know. It was a case of mum, sort of, I'll do a podcast, Doctor Who podcast. Oh, yeah, we know that. <laughs> I'm interested in Doctor Who. Well, we'd noticed there'd been a lack of soap watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, hadn't, you hadn't taken any interest in any, any of the cookery programs on the telly. Yeah. <laughs> We'd realised. They'd realised. I was a Doctor Who fan. I was doing the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But anyway, um, yeah, so it was all the, 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 the and I don't remember this as well, Paul, because during all the build up to the you know, to the to the big night, there do you remember in Cannon Street Station they had the big poster on the concourse? Oh no, I can't remember. <laughs> no, but they put this massive as you as you I'm sorry, listeners, this only be um this only mean anything to people who travelled up to up to the city of London into Cannon Street Station. And as you come off the off the platform onto the onto the main concourse, I think it was on the right hand side that this BBC had this massive poster um up on the um not a poster, what you would call it really, like a big billboard thing. Um with the the, the TARDIS and, and Chris Eccleston and Billy Piper doing this action pose in front of it, like BBC Doctor Who and I thought that's when it seemed to hit home. For me, so now this is re- this really is happening because you never saw it in public like that before. Yeah, they were really, really pushing this, and then you had the like the, the promos on the telly started, and and I thought, wow, this is going to be this is going to be amazing. And of course, the big night came along, and you, and you just got there and you sat down and watching it in front of the telly, and it yeah. was just like a case of please don't be rubbish, please don't be rubbish. Oh please no. I know, and it it was um, a massive hit. It, it took in like, yeah. over ten million viewers that night. Yeah. Um, but looking back on it now, now at the time, what was your thoughts at the time when you watched it? Um, what, was it a case you just got caught up in it? Thought, that was fantastic, or no? I just think it was relief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is yeah. No, this this may be okay. Yeah, there was. Um, I mean, I haven't watched Rose in a long, long time, I've got to be honest, yeah. and I haven't watched it before we start recording, because we're not reviewing it, we're just talking about, yeah. you know, the show coming back, yeah. and then it's, yeah, you know... Talking about, yeah, well, wasn't wasn't really going to be talking about the episode. Of that, no, so not really. Um, but I think, look, sort of at the time, I was a little bit 
I thought a lot. Yeah, I was relieved. Few. It's back. It's good. But there were still quite a few things in it that, obviously, the, the famous things that people still talk about now is the burping bin. Yeah. Um, the plastic Mickey. Yeah. As, as well. Um, and recently there, there was um, something in Den of, I think it was an interview at Russell T. Davis. Then he was asked, would there be anything he would change? Um, about Rose, and funny, funny thing is that those things he wouldn't change. He, one, th- one of the things he mentioned was when you see, firstly Rose and Mickey, eating lunch, um, by on uh, uh, by Nelson's column. Excuse me, in uh, Trafalgar Square. Yeah, you see Mickey doing that little dance, a little little does a little sp- little spin, and Rusty Davis said he he would cut that. Right, and also he would frame the shot differently because you can't see Nelson's column. So you make a big thing about a bit that's sitting by the landmark, but then you don't show it. Yeah. So, um, but you keep in burping bins and the uh, the plastic Mickey <clears throat> as well. So um, there there were, yeah, the comedy things didn't quite work that well. And of course, you had the um, the uh, the alt on hand taking the doctor as well, which wasn't yeah. which wasn't that well executed, was it? But it was just cool, wasn't it? They didn't quite know really whether they should be aiming as a kid's show or an adult well, show, wasn't it? And I think that was probably because they had no reactions to gauge from it. No, those those first few episodes, you could... When I mean, looking back on it now, you can tell they were definitely trying to find their feet Yeah, with, with the tone. And the tone of Rose was a little bit comedic, a little bit silly. Yeah. But then again, if you're going for a family audience, I suppose, well, kids like silly, don't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna laugh again, at burping again, beans, again, aren't they? There, there was bits that we probably were still even ten years ago we weren't the target audience. No, no, probably not actually. <laughs> Sadly, then how old do I feel now that I was already past the target audience? I know, I know. It's it's sad to think that that you know we're no longer the target audience for anything. No. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean it was. I think you're right. I think that hit the nail on the head. It, it was one of relief because um, I think Chris Eccleston certainly nailed it. Yeah. To begin with, a lot of, a lot of people sort of criticize he gurned a lot, um, but no, that was just his doctor. You know, he was sort of he was sort of that um, at the time sort of that sort of battle scarred doctor just come out of the time war um, as as we knew it then, um, and he was just sort of starting to try and feel a bit sort of more happier about himself again. Yeah, and it took Rose to do that. And I think the other thing that you know we, we alluded earlier on the sort of like the, um, the the nervous laughter when we heard that Billy Piper was cast, um, she was a revelation, hmm. really. Well, I, th- I think in that, yeah. I think yeah. she, it was her first proper acting gig, and I think she, yeah. was, I think she was great, to be honest. Yeah, she well, well, actually, actually, more to the point, she didn't great. Mm. <laughs> is the, is yes, the way to say that. Yes, indeed. No, you, no. You, you you sort of got past the point that oh, it's Billy Piper. Yeah, which was the main thing she had to do, I think. Yeah, and she did. There, there, there's actually there's only one thing that annoys me about her character in that is when she does that that speech about having the dead end job, blah blah blah. At least I got some so and so in gymnastics. That that was really corny. Yeah, that was really corny. But again, they were they were still finding their feet, and I think it was very much a Keith Boak. Um, sort of thing to put in there because you look, you look at um, Aliens of London and World War Three, that's still very sort of comedic and silly things in it. Yeah. So you know, farting aliens, for, for, you know, for crying out loud. But um, but I think once it found its feet, you, and you got to things like Dalek 
um, The Unquiet Dead. I yeah, mean, I that, that was your first. Again, it's that uneven tone to begin with, but you went from that sort of start off with Rose, that comedic thing. By the time you got Unquiet Dead, they're going for full on scary. Yeah. Uh, which, which I must have, yeah, I think the older fans, like, like us, I think, lapped up, to be honest. And may still will be Mark Gatiss's best. Yes, I think so, actually. Yeah. And we haven't mentioned, well, the, the one bit of news that we haven't mentioned is the fact that he's written yeah, for Series 9, so we're now waiting to see... Wait to see what that is. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. And, uh, indeed. Yeah, but, be uh, interested in that. But but anyway, we've had ten near ten years of uh, of New Who now, and okay, it's it's been a bumpy ride now and again. There's always that always the threat of cancellation over it, which is, seems to be more propagated by the by the national press more than the BBC themselves, and it's become an absolute juggernaut of a program. I think the fact is now we've now got past again we've got past the the couple of regenerations, which means that. The new people that have didn't watch the classic series mm-hmm. have, now have accepted that as a standard thing. Yeah, yeah. Ten- Tenant went on to to be something bigger than Eccleston. You sort of thought, well, will Eccleston will people accept the Eccleston change? But Tenant was probably the bigger one. The, the, the biggest test, probably the new, new series has had was Smith, wasn't it? Yes, definitely, definitely, and it survived that. Yeah, and got even bigger. Yeah, it got even bigger. So, um, but I think at the end of the day, it's all it all boils down to that first episode that aired in two thousand and five. A lot of it's to do with um, RTD. You got we've every single fan has got him to thank. Yeah, for bringing, I mean, yeah, for bringing yeah. it back. There's, there's we, you know we can't there, forget you know. We, we, there's the odd. I mean, we we have had the odd criticism of him. We we can't deny that. No, we can't. We can't. No, but. Actually, you can't imagine anyone else having brought that back as successfully. No, um... and, and and if that first if that first series and particularly even that first episode doesn't work, if 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 the fans that the me and you and the are, t- are turned off thinking it's nothing like the old series, I'm not watching that anymore. Mm. Would it have survived? I think it would have done. I don't know. I'm not so I sure. Don't I, I, I don't know whether it would have done because it wouldn't have had time to build in this day, in the well, even ten years ago is this day and age of television now. I don't think it'd have had time to have built a uh, audience of its own if the uh, old fans had rejected it. I don't know. Completely. Well, to be honest, a lot of the old fans did reject it. I think no. Well, yeah, because I, the yeah, they, they, yeah. They, it, it took them a long time to get over the fact it wasn't. Four-part story, you know, um, you know half yeah. an hour each week. It was a forty-five-minute format. Um, it wasn't. It was individual standalone stories each week. Uh, the TARDIS was completely different on the inside. It wasn't. I think I don't expect all the roundels and the hexagonal uh, TARDIS console. They did away with that. Um, there was just an awful lot of things they'd um, got sort of did away, made it more modern. But at the same time, there's lots of nods to the past with the sonic screwdriver. They use the autons yeah. as like well. Like I say, it, 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 was, it was enough of the program that well, the I thing, wanted to see for me to want to watch it. Yeah, but it, and, but I, it, and I think that I think <clears throat> they they got enough of it right. To... It wasn't leaning too heavily on the past. No, and, and I know a lot of the older fans got didn't like the fact they killed the time lords off. Yeah. Uh, which really <laughs> including which is suspect now <laughs> included Stephen Moffat. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, do you know what? I can't think what I, th- I thought about that at the time, actually. But 
I already can't remember what, um, I, what I thought about. I that. think I think I was probably not. At, it probably hit me more later on, actually, because you're not necessarily that bothered about it. Because obviously, it's just sometime a bit later on when it needed somebody to rein in Tenant's Doctor hmm. that you missed the time norms I being think, able yeah, to turn we, up. I think that was more when you. Yeah, I think we just sort of discussed I, I know, it before, not we? I noticed it. So yeah, I don't think I was too bothered. At the start, I think it was just more of a shame. You know, oh, that's a shame. Well, I but think it, it, it was. Didn't it detract was, from, no, it didn't. No, and it also it, it made that character. It, it gave well, him. It was. The, I that think edge. it was the right thing to do because yeah. you couldn't bring it back with all that baggage. Yeah, and then you, then you just bogged down in continuity, and then yeah. it, then it really is just for the the hardcore yeah. fan. Yeah, so, it gave, it, gave yeah. it a fresh enough start to be able to do that, and yeah. then as 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 happens. There's, they found a way of doing it. I mean, it gave us the 50th anniversary. Well, I think what a lot of, what they did because you know obviously a few episodes like you got Daleks and they brought them back again at the end of the next season you got Cybermen. So they gradually brought back the history yeah. of the show rather than just this big info dump for and expect, yeah. expect the new fans to to pick up. Um, with Rose, they couldn't do that. They had to introduce a new audience to a new Doctor. Yeah. And I, I think it was the best way to do it, you know, burping bins and plastic mickeys to one side. But yeah, pro- probably not felt that much. Ex- well, pro- probably the most I've been in terms of wanting to see an episode. Probably the next is probably Day of the Doctor. Mm. Probably with the same feelings of don't be rubbish. Don't be yes, rubbish. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> because of the build up to that. <laughs> well. I think just to sort of wrap this little bit, because we've got an hour's worth of commentary to come next, yes. haven't we? Um, <laughs> trying to put it off. Trying to put it off. But I think really, I mean, if it wasn't for the show coming back, I certainly wouldn't be sitting here doing this now. Yeah. For certain. I, I wouldn't been. I wouldn't have done a Doctor Who podcast just based on the classic series and the, and the DVDs right. that came out, you know, um, for certain. Um, but I think, you know, I've, I've, I think we both made lots of friends through the series coming back as well. <laughs> I've got you someone know. else to talk to other than you. Yes, indeed, yes, yes. You boring old fart. <laughs> but no, it, it's it's true, though. It, it's um, it's just sort of up like a whole new world, and, and Doctor Who's not the... I can put it, it's sort of like the, the the dirty word that it once was. No. You know, you had to speak in hushed tones and or go and sit in a locked room somewhere and, you know, it's speaking hushed voices. People, people you, know. you don't expect... Well, Will suddenly say, "Oh, they 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 watch it and that." So it's and now if someone says, "Doctor Who fan, you're sad." I think I think you'll find I'm not because it's one of the most popular shows in the world, not oh, just the, not just the UK, oh, oh, the world. Oh, no, I don't, I don't. <laughs> there are some exceptions. <laughs> there are some exceptions. Yes, yes, but no, it's just the fact that, that it's that label that every Doctor Who mm. fan gets. Oh, yes, sad. You know, yeah. sorry. Um, you're beginning to sound a little bit boring now, so you know, shut the hell up. To be honest, um, yeah, it's um, it's not sad to like Doctor Who whatsoever, and it's not sad to like anything. If that's what you're interested in, that's perfectly fine, within reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just add that caveat actually. But uh, anyway, anyway, I think that's sort of like we just want to just cover on because it's the tenth anniversary, and we're actually recording yeah. this on the tenth yeah. anniversary, aren't we? So. Just a little, um, a, a sort of little thoughts on it, you know, at the, at the time and now, really. So, um, commentary next, isn't it? It is. We've yeah. 
Tony's nearly inflated, so we'll be uh, <laughs> getting yes. on with that. You're getting on with that. So I'm not going to say that was the end of the news because it wasn't news, was it? No. I've actually got no idea to uh, how to end this, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, well, let's just let's let's all grab a drink because we need it. And, yes. And welcome to the second part of our audio commentary on the gunfighters. Indeed. So we shall uh, we shall talk to you in a moment. Okay, as we sit at the top of the show this week, we're doing uh, the rest of our audio commentary for the Gunfighters, and it'll be episodes three and four. And Tony joins us once again. Yes, yes, I'm here once again. He's back. He's back. Armed with your facts as usual. Of course. Of course. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Because we're going to press play on episode three. My pleasure, boys. uh, Which is subtitled Johnny Ringo. Johnny Ringo. Johnny Ringo. In five, four, three, two, one, and play. There's no mucking about, straight into it. That's right. Straight into it. And this episode went <coughs> out on the 14th of May. Yes. Ah, and the mean. audience figures were, Tone? They were 6.8. 6.2. Oh. You're closer than you have been so far. That's, that's true, that's very true. 6.2. Now, of course, uh, last week we left it with Stephen about to be lynched. That's right. What would the, the exciting conclusion <laughs> be? Rhubarb, 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 rhubarb. I can't figure out if he's actually doing a Cornish accent or he's just drunk. <laughs> I can't quite figure it out. What's wrong here? Yeah. Huh. There we go, the place. That's right. Johnny Ringo. That's regret. <laughs> right, first facts of the episode. Here we go. Oh, okay. In this week's Parade magazine, <laughs> which features 32 pages ah, of saucy tone, models, tone uh, rhythm short ma- stories, <laughs> jazz mags, what do I call it? Art pamphlets. <laughs> uh, plus pics of uh, Ursula Andress, George Peppard, and Jean Moreau. You think about George Peppard then, yes. don't you? <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't have the names of the. I see the names of the models as well, but I see the names like Trixie and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which you recognised. Recognise, yeah. It sounds so glamorous, doesn't it? <laughs> dear, oh dear. Wasn't her best month, was it? <laughs> Thank you for that information. <laughs> as we were talking about last week, it's just it's really peculiar because it's been played as a comedy. But this bit's really serious. Yeah. Ah. Everyone's in line of your shotgun, mate. <laughs> ah. Hurry. Now, we actually said about the Mr. Werp thing. Do we reckon that was a, a Billy Fluff they kept in or it was written in as a a doctorism? No, I think it must be a doctorism. You know what I mean? It's just an mm. old man getting things wrong. Well, I don't um, know. I think, uh, I think it's yeah, a yeah. Billy Fluff myself. Yeah. Which I just carried on. Kept yeah. I don't think they would do this now, would they? Have one of the lead characters threatened with a lynching? No. 
I thought they wouldn't they have been arrested for staging a lynching rather than just let yeah. go. I thought they would have spent a night in the cells at least. Oh, the whole the whole barely lot of them. Rhubarb, 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 rhubarb. Ah. I think my favourite thing ever with an extra was in Filth Rich and Cat Flat. Extra? Extra. extra. I'm, I'm an extra. An extra. <laughs> <laughs> with the paper seller. <laughs> that's, that's good. Would you like to know what happened in this week's episode quick before they catch us? Oh, okay. Right. The trio learn of the villainous, uh, um, what's this, racket and... Uh, did I say maim or man? I say, your handwriting. <laughs> my handwriting is awful. Uh, 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 is that foil? <laughs> what does that say? Can somebody, can somebody translate Tony's handwriting? Uh, 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 yeah, I will. Bollocks. How about that? Villainous racket and make, make a dangerous enemy. Ah, that's what it says. Directed by Richard Martin, who's well, the director of Doctor Who. Uh, you see? Yeah, that's you see, it's all links, that's all links to that. That's why I said it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Doctor was on even later this way, as we're going for the TV now. 1755. Was that 555 it was on. Yeah. Uh, then at uh, 20 past six was The Monsters. Then at uh, quarter to seven was Quick Before the Catchers, as you've yeah, just said it. there. Yeah. Uh, 10 past seven, The Dick Van Dyke Show. Uh, then at uh, 7.35 was the, the Saturday Western. This week is The Bounty Hunter, starring Randolph Scott. Ah, okay. it's a classic, huh? Uh, 10 to 9 was The Val Dunican Show. Ooh. Okay, this featured um, the Adam Singers, the Gojos, Gojo, which I think it? was a precursor to Pan's People. I think mm. the Gojos, yeah. I've got a funny yeah. feeling. Yeah. George Chisholm, the Beverly System, what one sticks out for me? Dave Allen. Dave Allen was ah. that. Dave Allen was a, res- was a resident guest. Was he a resident guest on there, was that's, he? That's where, that was his first introduction into... Really? Well, I didn't British know that. TV, yeah. Ah. Okay. Uh, then at uh, 9.35, News and Sports. Then at 10 to 10, The Troubleshooters. Uh, then at uh, 22.11, Club Night. This is from the Offerton Palace Theatre Club again. This one featured Freddie and the Dreamers, Selena Jones, Jeffrey Lenner, Robbie Royal, Roger Mistin, and again, the ubiquitous Marion Halton. Ah, Marion Halton. Yeah. Yes. And then at, at uh, 25 past 11, The Weather and Close Down. Close Down, is it? Yep. So it's also the night flies. On BBC Two, they had such it's on cricket, the MCC versus the West Indies. Oh, really? Because yeah, so. ah. a few runs for for Butcher and Norse for the West Indies there. You'd have seen on that. And following following that at nineteen uh, seven thirty was a program called Plunder, a weekly raid on the archives of BBC Television, to which I presume they then wiped everything <laughs> they found, including Plunder. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, Park Clanton. Now, is he doing an Irish accent? Or, I'm not entirely sure. Where's he from, Park Clanton, the actual actor? I don't know. Gaspar. Well, the actor's name is Reed de Rune. He sounds a bit, sounds a bit Dutch and crazy. Mm. <laughs> Apparently, no, he's an American actor and screenwriter. America, he was American. Who worked mostly in the British film and television industry. Oh, um, he appeared in this, as well as writing the script ah. for the proposed Doctor Who story, The Spare Part People, with John Pertwee. Oh, never. So um, he has an authentic American accent. But he was in The Third Man, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to pick out the films of, of note here. The one that got away was about the German pilot who, who escaped. Um, the Billion Dollar Brain. Mm. Um, <coughs> what else we got here? That's about it, really. The ones you sort of you, you would sort of know, mm. I think. Yeah, but we would know. We, yeah, we <laughs> would. Yeah, sort of everyone else. <laughs> Most of my good friends, why well, you two are good friends of mine, because you gave me a gun, That's right, and you took my tooth out. Yeah. <laughs> at gunpoint. Yeah. <laughs> Shot it out. Yeah. <laughs> been, been a trick shooting there. <laughs> 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 yes. Thrillers. Doc Holiday checks into yet another hotel room. <laughs> With a woman. Two women. Two women, <laughs> Yeah. Did like the high shot, didn't I? <laughs> it's like we got a boom camera and damn we're gonna use it. Like and Jackie Lane yet again has got no lines. Am <laughs> I trying out bore your last fact? I was gonna say though on this one. Do you think Rex Tucker was chosen to direct this just because he sounded American like an American oh, yeah, cowboy? Like <laughs> <laughs> Sounds the most American sounding name in this. <laughs> <laughs> No, Tex would be better. I think so. What do you think? You'd have been Tex Rucker. Yeah, Tex Rucker. <laughs> Tex <laughs> anyway, this, uh, this, this episode is very boring, in fact. They, apparently, this day, the Indian Institute of Packaging, an autonomous body in the field of packaging, set up shop today. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Actually, also this day, <laughs> Chipping Norton School had a school fate. <laughs> I've got that one as well. <laughs> yes. Ah, ah, but you haven't got this part of the film. <laughs> yes, yes. Chippy Norton, hold down your fate, as Paul said, notably before the Lido was built. <laughs> you see, Mr. Uh, Fat Man. I thought everyone, everyone knows it was before the Lido was built. <laughs> Since 1966. Come on. Uh, uh, <laughs> Oh dear! Isn't the internet a wonderful thing? Isn't it? <laughs> Absolute rubbish! You can't do. Is there anybody listening to this? Oh, podcast hang on, hang on. Who went to Chipping Norton School in 1966? <laughs> hang on. Who's this shady character? Just How turned up. How does the Lido look anyway? That's what I like though. That looks like Johnny Ringo. Sure, it's Johnny Ringo. Yeah. Oh, they were nice, Chris. I like them. Ringos. They're back, aren't they? Are, are they right? back? Yeah, but probably not as big as they were. Oh. Now. Johnny Ringo, played by Lawrence Payne, who's appeared in the further two Doctor Who stories. Oh, did he? Yes, he was in uh, The Two Doctors as Dastari and uh, Legopolis, actually, as Morix. Ah, oh, there we go. And he attempts no American accent whatsoever. Oh, no, 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 it's that. Because he was the guest star in this, wasn't he? He was, yeah. <coughs> How come you know my name? Damn you, sir. Very clipped English accent is used in for this part here. What have you heard? Eh? Damn your eyes, sir. David Graham. <laughs> Parker. Uh, Parker. <laughs> yes, Mr. Ringo. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's football time. 
<laughs> Go on then. Okay, in the most important... Do you know what? We can't even bother to talk about what's on there anymore, can we? <laughs> this is appalling. <laughs> this is absolutely appalling. In the most important football match of the day, Luton Town smashed Port Vale 5-0. Oh, and uh, Everton beat Sheffield Wednesday in the Cup Final. Ooh. There we go. They've become the first team since Berry in 1903 to reach an FA Cup final without conceding a goal ah, in the previous fact, rounds. Did you hear that, folks? He's got personal billets business to settle with Doc Holliday. Damn. Huh. Now, um, famous deaths <coughs> on this day. Um, yes. oh, yeah. yeah, again, there's, there's there's not a lot really. Not really. Um, two, only two people died this day yeah, in the world. Uh, Georgia B. D. Camp Johnson, um, which was <laughs> a U.S. poet playwright, died at the age of eighty-eight. Oh, yes, of course. And Megan Lloyd George, English politician, dies at sixty-four. Oh, you found two deaths. Yes, because I've, I've got written down here: uh, good health reigns supreme around, <laughs> the, around the world as no one died. <laughs> I see your facts are outdated already. <laughs> what about our birth? So, what birth here? Marianne Denicourt, a French actress, and Mike Inez, a bass player. Oh. Ah. Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains, you're absolutely right, yep. Now, if this had been two days later, Randolph Turpin, you know, the boxer, was shot Dive. dead. Shot dead, I remember. Yeah. There's nothing to nobody. Hello, Charles. Charles, I've just shot you, Charles. Oh, no, he's killed Brains oh. and Parker. And he's played, wasting good drink. He, he is. So why's a good pop. I didn't mention that. He played Brains as well, did he? Yeah. I don't know. So now Brains. you get the song describing just what happened but to he's you. he's just died, yeah. But you get it twice. Not just this time, you get a further a time. It's ridiculous. <coughs> Meanwhile, in the West of England, at the uh, West of England Area Brass Band Championship, <laughs> the winners sent Dennis Band score 184 points playing a piece called The Force of Destiny. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I think Doc has just had sex. I'm ready to yeah, jump. Yeah, 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 I'm ready to jump on you. Jump like a mountain hare. <laughs> I didn't promise to bed you. It is, isn't it? What if that don't beat all? <laughs> I'll tell you, he speaks like old. Um, how was it now? For a few dollars more, is it? Um, what profit? He, yeah, profit. We're going to see profit. How <laughs> <laughs> <Old> damn trains! <laughs> 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 It's either that or a villain on Scooby-Doo. He'd have got away with it without that meddling kid, wouldn't he? He would have done. <laughs> Joe, I can't exactly remember where Dodos came from. Did she come from the Middle Ages originally? The character? I can't remember. 
And you also can't remember where Jazz Ball were playing tonight. <laughs> uh, they were at the, live at the Club Aztec in Sunderland. Good, good. The Who were at the Palais, Berry. <laughs> well, right, better. Okay. Yeah. And Bob Dylan was at the Odeon Theatre, Liverpool. Oh, yes, with, with the Hawks, who then became the band, of course. Uh, sorry, again. She's describing... She's the, describing uh, yeah. that Charlie got shot by Johnny Ringo. <laughs> and here comes the stripper. Oh, no, it's uh, Peter Purvis. Oh. <laughs> Ah, it is ridiculous, isn't it? It is. <coughs> that's an interesting one there. Ah. And one of the things that said, what well, you know, why this isn't a fondly regarded story. I think it's written quite a long time after in an article. Just so it's Peter Purvis is overacting, and he does a lot in this actually, doesn't he? Especially that. Yeah. Well, I think he, he. I think they was told this is a comedy, and I think he was supposed to be trying to do it as a jolly it up a bit. Yeah, yeah but that's a no. little bit too OTT, isn't it? But, but, it, but it was, as we said earlier, like a, sta- a stage farce. It is, yeah. With the old shooting and lynching thrown in. There <laughs> ah. we go. Henry VIII's flagship, the Mary Rose, was uh, rediscovered on this day. Right, we're headed by Alexander McKee, who was the man mm. involved with... Uh, all right, and it wasn't actually raised for like oh, another raised. twenty odd years, was it? That's what I'm saying. They found it then; it wasn't another twenty years or so yeah. before they raised mm. it. That's right. Yeah. Sixteen, I mean, it had been, 16 yeah. years. Listen, sixteen. It had been a few hundred years since it had gone down. It's <laughs> true. Twenty years to bring it up, ain't that? Much? <laughs> <laughs> I'll speak even more English to you. <laughs> Spit at you, damn you. <laughs> Six game banned for that. How the rings were, huh? Um, right. The charts. The charts. The charts. Let's have the charts. Because this is actually so boring to watch this. <laughs> I couldn't even bother to talk about it anymore, actually. Right. right the top 10 then. Uh, from the 14th of May, 1966. Uh, number 10, Shotgun Wedding by Roy C. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, number 9, Homeward Bound, Simon Garfunkel. Uh-oh. Number 8, The Sound of Silence, The Bachelors. It's still there. It's going down. 7, Hold Tight, Dave D. Dozy, Beaky oh, Mick yeah. and Titch. Number 6, You'd Have to Say You Love Me, Dusty Springfield. Oh, yeah. That's way down. down. Number 5, Pie Piper. Follow me, I'm the Pie Piper. Crispin St. Peter's. Number 4, Bang Bang by Cher. Number three, Sloop John B, The Beach Boys. Right, number two, Daydream, Loving Spoonful. And hanging on at number one, Pretty Flamingo, Manfred Mann. Oh, Manfred Mann, so two weeks running. Yes. And I've also got the uh, the billboard for our American listeners, a listener. Right? Yeah. It's, uh, it, who was it? Hang on, here it is. Uh, Monday, Monday by the Mamas and Papas. Ah. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Number one. <coughs> Just shoot him. Yeah. Bring a bit of excitement into this story for crying out loud. Hmm. Well, there are three facts left. You got oh, sorry, sir? Three facts left. Three facts left. Go on. Go. You might as well get them out of the way because the, there's the, nothing happening here, is the there? The Kenya Gazette reports a bankruptcy order placed upon miscreant Nashi Prabhu. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'll take your word for On that. this day. 
<laughs> true story. Did, did, do we know whether they got off or not? Well, we'll find out until next week or two weeks after. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, yeah, so you're, right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. We might have to refine the savages before we can find that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing about from this, though, Peter Purvis keeps up the American accent when no one else is bothered. <laughs> he's the only one who doesn't have to do an accent and he's trying. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Page is walking to do an accent and she's walked out of Eton. Is this... <clears throat> oh, dear. Oh, by Jove. All right. I say, who the dash <laughs> there? A bit of a crumpet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say, young filly. Corking bit of rumper. <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing is, though, they've actually got the Linda Brand to sing what he's seeing rather than actually the camera showing us what he's looking at. Good God. Mm. All right, here we go. Uh, children's entertainer Ernie Evans spends his penultimate day wowing the young'uns after a week-long engagement at Bird's Amusement Park, Castle Island, somewhere unpronounceable in Wales. <laughs> oh, good. On this very same day. Right. <laughs> oh, look, there's a picture. Now on that, that tone is entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that, that last bit of the singing... Yeah. It was actually the first bit that's actually filled in something that you haven't actually, you haven't actually seen. Se- yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the first bit that's actually been worth it. But they do just pan the camera around and show the rest of the set no, walking it, across it. Say, no, but it does go on to say that they had been lovers. True. That this wasn't just... But you could have got that from the dialogue right now, actually. So. <laughs> hmm. New Mexico. Where the dash is that? <laughs> Sounds a hoot. <laughs> Shall we go? Absolute locks and capers. <laughs> See, I'm a bit of a cad. <laughs> yeah. He's dressed all in black. As well, you say it means he must be evil. <laughs> My mind. I could change my mind. <laughs> yeah. The most American he sounded so far has been saying the uh, get as git, actually. Well, you say git. Yeah. Get your things. Well, those thangs. <laughs> but I like you. Well, I see. Early, early thoughts of Robert De Niro there. You're talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm at least in my 40s. <laughs> he looks like Matt Smith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <He does. coughs> right. Oh, dear. You got any facts of it? Because this is um, not. Oh, hang on. There's, there's, there's something happening. No, no facts. So it's action. There's some gunplay. At, at last. Action. Well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 
The Clantons of Cornwall, obviously. <laughs> Get me out of here. I'm fast. Was that Warren Earp there? It was, he yes. He didn't actually die at all in this particular year. He didn't? No. no. Ah, I see. No. See, I've been reading up. You have. But isn't it true? I, th- I thought there was, wasn't the death of one of the... Um, the Earps started the gunfight. The, the famous gunfight, the OK Corral. Something like that. Yeah, something yeah. triggered it. I thought it was no. the death of one of them, actually. But. I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember reading about... Uh... Oh, oh, anyway, uh, F- Fabulous Magazine has the Fab Four on the cover and a giant colour poster of the small faces. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, dear. That's another episode over. <laughs> we should have waited for the credits to do the last fact. We've got, we've got to fill in time now. Oh, yeah, that's a point. The, the yeah. other thing that happened on this... Oh, well, oh Paul Rice to the well, rescue. Well, Paul, no, we're not, sorry. On his trusty steed. Turkey and Greece intend to start negotiations on the situation in Cyprus. So that obviously has gone well. And that went well, didn't it? Yeah. Tune in for the next episode and you'll find out how that went. <laughs> <laughs> All sorted by then, I should think, by the time... I think so. Good God, on the Fact Your Lucky Stars, hosted by Jim Dale, featuring the Rolling Stones, Tom Jones and the Kubas. The Who? Not the Who. No, the who. No, the who not the Who one on there. <laughs> <laughs> that was at the Palais in Berry. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Right. <laughs> oh, God. What did you, say? did you say? The Kubas? The Kubas. Oh, mm. Mm. okay. Yes. Okay, everyone. We should be back in episode four. Thank Christ. Now, can't I ask you to change your mind? Okay, everyone. We're going to press play on episode four, which is called the OK Corral. In five, four, three, two, one, and play. Okay. <coughs> this episode was released on the twenty-first of May, nineteen sixty-six. Yes, it was indeed. And the audience figures were, Tone? 6.3 million. 5.7. What's the matter with these people? <laughs> They'd watch the other three. Episodes. <laughs> so, that's why. <laughs> now, apparently, this, this story question, started uh, a bit of a decline in the <coughs> viewing figures of Doctor Who. Yeah. And they Cancel didn't really it. pick up again until, until the uh, 10th planet, yeah. when Hartnell left. See, that's, that's what it is. You see, it was, it was only then a short 20 years later that they cancelled it. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't the lowest ever audience figures for Doctor Who, but it, it signified a, a, a decrease in ah, in, uh, right. in in viewers. Right, tonight, and I wonder why. You know what? Christ, this is rubbish. T- tonight was it was a very famous uh, occasion in British boxing history, of course. Yes, right, it was. But, uh, Henry Cooper took on uh, Cassius Clay at the Highbury Stadium. Oh. Muhammad Ali, he was, as he was known then. Yeah, that's right. He'd already changed his name by then. Yes. Well, of course, he slipped into the obscurity, obscurity, whilst Cooper went on to become the best-smelling man about town. <laughs> oh, yes. That is still one of the greatest sport moments with Henry Zama. That wasn't it. No, it wasn't it? No, that was, that was, that was a non-title fight in... Earlier, I was going to say the year. Then I wasn't quite sure. Oh, a couple right, of years, okay. A few couple, couple of years like earlier, when he was still Cassius Clay. Yeah, he'd fought him and he hit him. Well, and that's what, when all the con- controversy about think, they split his it? gloves. Wait, what, and, oh, I see. It wasn't the World Championship this this one then? The, I uh, don't think so. 
But it was the one where you knocked him down, wasn't it? Or um, you know, stunned him or something. I don't know. Actually, I might be getting that wrong, actually, because I'm not missing no, he did, he, he, Well, whatever it was. I know, I know, it, no, there was the one we're way... talking about. He knocked him down on his, on his back. And, and, his, and, and, so. and basically, they and claimed his glove here. was split. So they, Which they reckon. Did Angelo Dundee admit later when they did yeah. cut it with a razor blade to mm. yeah. just give Clay more, or Ali more time to recover? But I don't. I, I've got a funny feeling there was two fights, but I may be wrong on that one. Yeah. I'm not really. I thought I only met the ones, massive. but I don't know. Boxing fan. We shot down. Yes, we did. Yes. You shot Wyatt Herb. Ah. The real American. Was it apparently that yeah. a bowler was the most common form of hat for a cowboy? I think everyone sort of sees the sort yeah. of Stetson you and whatever. You do see a lot of old pictures with the, with the uh, bowler hat. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, very true. I was thinking of that, um, that Clint Eastwood. Was it Joe Kidd? Because he wears a bowler in that, actually. I've not seen, like, that. I've not seen that one. Early 70s one, I think. Yeah. <coughs> this, this is a really strange episode, this one, because all of a sudden it gets serious. Yeah. Doesn't it? The comedy seems to have been completely dispensed with, apart from that weird bit with the, with the, uh, the Clanton brothers trying to pronounce... White Earp's kid brother between the three of them, but. Right. Ball on this day. Go on. Russian hurdler Tatyana Ledovskaya and uh, Lisa Edelstein, who's an American actress and playwright. And nobody died today. Nobody? Unle- unless you found someone. I couldn't find anyone. Everybody lives. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody? Yeah. You've got some, haven't you? Pat O'Malley, silent film actor from The Wild One, The Quiet Man, dies at the age of 75. Why did I no. find that on the internet? It's not fair. He was silent. He didn't. No one said anything. No one said anything. <coughs> Do you know what was on the telly after this? Yes. I on BBC One. It was uh, 10, to, 10 to 6 was Doctor Who. Uh, that uh, caught past 6 was The Munsters. Uh, to 27, quick before they catch us again, Tom. Oh, yes, I've got the uh, synopsis. Oh, here. go on, go on. In what? this week's uh, quick before they catch us, Jeremy, I'm sorry, Johnny, and there's no one called Jeremy, Johnny <laughs> gets beaten up and Mark shows how to track down the enemy HQ. Oh, good, oh. good. Okay, at uh, five past seven was the Dick Van Dyke show. Uh, half past seven was the Western Um this one was called The Vanquished. This one starred John Payne, Jan Sterling and Colleen Gray. At, um, oh, at uh, 10 to 9, not only but also. Ah, yes. Okay. Um, this one featured uh, Joe Melia, Henry Cooper, funny enough, we were just talking about, Terry Downs and special guest <coughs> Cilla Black. Ah. Yeah, okay. Uh, 20 past 9 was The Troubleshooters. And at 10 o'clock, they wiped not only, but also. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, 10 past 10, news and sport. What about at, club uh, night? I was coming, to but yeah. patience, patience. Yeah. At 10.25, club night. Fantastic. This featured, this from the Offerton um, Palace Theatre Club again. This one featured Mark Winter, Bobby Pattinson, The Honeys, Roger <sighs> Davidson, Tamas Hackey, and the wonderful, the brilliant, Marion Halton. Oh, that's the only one I've heard of. Only because you mentioned it the first time. But then, at 10 past 11, 
the balls, the balls. That's how it's actually written down here. <laughs> right? <laughs> Apparently, this it's obviously some... Um, yeah. I just don't know what it is, actually. It's I'm, I'm going to read this. It says, This is the traditional cry of the villagers of La Sainte Marise de la Mer oh, yeah. as cowboys from the Camargue drive their famous <laughs> balls at a gallop through the streets. Um, oh, bulls. The bulls. The bulls. Oh, wild, wild, wild bulls. <laughs> wild bulls. Yes. Um, wild this is bulls. Slept- Did you see you <laughs> thought he was talking about her? No, no, no. <laughs> well, this has been done like a sporting event because it's got um, selected sequences from the French television service uh, outside broadcast, um, presented by BC TV commentator John O'Donoghue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then at ten to uh, ten, uh, sorry, at twenty to midnight, the weather and close down. And close down, of course. Yep. Uh, the can, I bring, can, can I bring you some uh, Cooper news? Go. On. He did fight Cassius Clay in a non-title fight in nineteen sixty-three at Wembley Stadium. Sixty-three. Uh, Was I that see. the one where he knocked him on his on his ass, basically? Ah, yeah. Right. I see. I see. <coughs> now we're very sorry, folks. We've hardly spoken. About this episode, Doctor, at all, really, have no. we? Not at all. Well, our listeners don't want to know about this. They no. want to know where Jazzboard was Because it's not playing. very good, really, is they it? They want to know where Jazzboard were playing tonight. <laughs> right? Which was, they had another gig at the uh, Club Aztec Sunderland. That's a two-week residency. Yeah. Good. John Mars Blues Breakers with the Skern Park Hotel, Darlington. Ah. <laughs> that's, the that's glamour. at the Troubadour, Earl's Court. Ooh. And Jeff Toll were at Room at the Top Wigan. Room at the Top Wigan, ah, yes. Very famous club. So now the scene has been set for the gunfight, the OK Corral. Fair enough, yep. <laughs> I heard you. Yes. <laughs> What's up, chaps? <laughs> right, there's going to be a, a bloody gunfight then, is there? <laughs> right. Heck of a Christie's maths trap. And the cheese of Fulton of Masons, of course. <laughs> and I'd be at the Palladium. He's going to take him from behind, he said, the <laughs> cad. The evil Queen's way. Queen's Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> They've replaced with the waxwork of White Earp there. He hasn't moved. No, he hasn't, no. No, it still hasn't moved. He's still. Right. No. You're going to move? Hey, oh, there we go. There we go. He is alive. I'll see you. Obviously, John Alston was the one of the first exponents of statue acting. Oh, absolutely. Yes, most impressive. Right. At the Farrock Brass Band Championship, <laughs> right, the Hanwell Band do Beethoven's first... In, what's his first... Symphony? Proper, first symphony, yes. That's what he says. Impressing... The, I can read your writing turn. I've never even seen it. They impressed the judges and, and, and won first prize. Good. Uh, it would be, been dubious if they hadn't impressed the judges but won first prize, wouldn't it? <laughs> That'd be true. Yes. Hi, Doc Holliday's here. <laughs> That's what the game was, wasn't 
Now, one, th- one thing you, you pointed out to him in between breaks of recording that uh, Anthony Jacobs is the father of Matthew Jacobs, yeah. who wrote Doctor Who the movie for Paul McGann. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. 30 years later. 30 years later, oh. indeed, yes. Have you got a chart? No idea. Have you got a chart rundown now? Yeah. I do have a chart. That was not all at once, Tone. Oh, I know. Pace it. Pace it. He's in fraud. <laughs> I, I can't, you can't come away to do a chart rundown. Exactly. You might miss something. Okay. So we're getting serious now. Well, I'll do the minutes rundown until the chart rundown. <laughs> oh, <so. laughs> Two minutes. <laughs> okay, it's getting a bit boring. There's a lot of standing around talking, isn't it? Okay, the chart rundown then. <laughs> uh, okay, number 10. Uh, Rainy Day Women, numbers 12 and 35, Bob Dylan. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, number 9, Sorrow, The Merseys. Ah, no, oh, yes. Number 8, Pied Piper. Follow me, I'm the Pied Piper. Christmas St. Peter's. Yeah. Number seven, You Don't Have to Say You Love Me, Dusty Springfield. Which is, has a Doctor Who. We've since discovered, after, yes. all this, after four <laughs> episodes in. <laughs> well, I, 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 I have done, finally remembered to look it up to make sure it was. <laughs> it, does, it was played in, in the Rebel um, Flesh. Rebel Flesh, there we go. Uh, number six, Shotgun Wedding, Roy C., Shot. Number five, Paint It Black, The Rolling Stones. Oh, interesting. Number four, Wild Thing, The Trogs. Wow. Uh, number three, Daydream, Loving Spoonful. Number two, Sloop John B, The Beach Boys. And number still holding in there at number one, Pretty Flamingo, Manfred Mann. Oh, man. That's a good chart there. We had a good chart. camera angle coming up here. What, this one here? Yeah. Or? Never come in that angle to this room. So we're still back in the... Saloon. Yeah. Uh, uh. Who's man in the bar now? There's one of those Chinese chaps from earlier on that appeared in the background, maybe. No. Huh? No, that's why they've only got milk. <laughs> <laughs> He's, they, they, they've milked that cow that was part of the tooth was hanging outside. Yeah, exactly. Oh, of course. Of There's course. a lot of messy udders outside now. <laughs> <laughs> Mucky. <laughs> oh. All right. What have we got here? So it does sort of like, all of a sudden now the Doctor becomes integral to the plot. All the way through, he hasn't been, has he, no. really? Apart from the mistaken identity so. bit, but but that was just play for laughs, wasn't it? Yes. In this week's Look and Learn magazine, it featured an article Ooh, God, on, look and on, learn. on columns. Uh, what's this one say? Ornate weather vanes and higher wire walkers. Look and learn. Now, didn't they have some sort of... I remember reading... It's still around the late 70s. I remember, yeah, because yeah, I remember reading that. And they had some comic strip thing. It was like these like um, futuristic gladiators. Remember the, the motorbikes with the spikes on and on, mm. on the mudguards? And it was some... Oh, I can't remember the bloody name of it now. Well, they're future sailors as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, yes. Future sailors. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Oh dear! Done that one. See now he just reminds me of the um, Angel Gang out of 2000 AD. Now the way the the Paul Clanton's dressed up there—that's one of the, of the it was where they riffed it from. Was from this story because he's dressed like one of the Angel Gang. Oh, see. Okay, then I will. 
Okay, I just walk over and shut the door first. <coughs> Real handsome. Well, obviously, I, I can't find anything out about him, actually. I, well, we did actually well, uh, read the rune, but... Ah, oh, the only true American. Yeah, but... Oh. But again, he doesn't sound that American, really, does he? So I don't know if they've been asked <laughs> to sort of tone it down for... Because the British audiences won't understand your American accents. Well, Ringo wouldn't be able to understand his American accent. Exactly. <laughs> oh, good gracious, I'm not, I didn't mention any... Uh, Hartle facts. Yeah, the other Hartle facts. Oh, yeah, well, where is it? It's in this one, is it? Have you gone to the Blue Book? Oh, oh. <laughs> Feel a bit risky. Is this the... It's like Tone's mean? nude review over there. <laughs> I wish he would wear some clothes. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Here we go. Here comes the gold. Yeah. Uh, no, still nothing? No, it's back, it's back, it's further back. Okay. 30 of April. Right, now, now we get the gunfight, the OK Corral. Oh, yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Well, this should have been last week's fact, but uh, <laughs> we're going to have two Hartnell facts as well. <laughs> last okay. week's facts this week. We're going to out quick because of the exciting bits right. of the gunfight okay. okay Corral. Come Hartnell on. Hartnell has a blazing row of Peter Purvis, angrily proclaiming, all you're good for is, is presenting children's programmes that feature defecating elephants. <laughs> a, a distraught Purvis ripped up his 10-year contract and vows to do just a few more episodes. Oh. Which is actually happened in real life. Well, it wasn't long before he left, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All because of that. Yeah. Cat, the swine. Damn you. He looks like Mick Jones in The Clash, actually. Yeah, that fella. <laughs> yeah. Certainly London calling. Oh, yeah, massive way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's Doc Holliday licks his gun. <laughs> yep. Yeah, put there a nice for a bit. Do I think where well, I've seen the Bat Masterson actor before, actually? But he's been in the Z Cars, Special Branch, Dixon of Doc Green, what? Secret Army. Well, his, his actual name was Bat. I don't know what his real name. I thought it was no. a nickname, but he's, he's Bat Masterson. That's the name of the character oh, tone. Oh, so, um, what else has he been in? He's EastEnders as Jackie Stone. Do you remember Jack? Not that I watch EastEnders. Um, the Bill, of course. Oh, obviously. The Tripods. Cat's Eyes. Oh, Cat's Eyes. Uh, he's in Cat's, cat's Eyes, eyes yeah. as well. Bergerac. There's been quite a few things then. This yeah, is actually quite realistic because they, they shoot and they don't hit anything because the, the range of them was pathetic. Yeah, yeah. That's why gunfights are usually done at close quarters. I suspect the range would have been closer than that. <laughs> not, not as close as Not that. as close as that, yeah. Well, I suspect they, 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 they could have shot them from there. So where does she spring from all of She... She gets one bit of action this and she balls it up, doesn't she? <laughs> she ends up being a typical damsel in distress. Dear, oh dear. 
See, I'm Johnny Ringo, see? It's, it's <laughs> that, that grinning acting. It's sort of like true, James I'm Johnny up. Ringo, see? They go a bit mad at the end, yeah, don't but they? he has given up on attempting. He was attempting the American accent now, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so he's not sure. Oh, uh. She just shot Dodo. I was going to miss her. Ah, today was the last day to catch the old master drawings exhibition at the Alpine Club Gallery in London. Good. That's right. Don't talk about the dramatic bits, Tone. No, I just had to throw that in. So it for the credits. That actually wasn't a bad scene either, actually. It was a good scene, actually, right. yeah. I actually think the gunfight is actually well done yeah. at the end, to be honest. Next time, dear boy. Dead acting. Next time. Now, bugger off. <laughs> I'll see you in my room later. Was that, was that a cheeky slap upon her posterior there? <laughs> you did the one earlier as well, actually. <laughs> the thing that made me laugh, there, though, they were standing in front of a door that said engraving, but it's written in chalk. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly a good yeah. Oh, the irony. So I like the don't know they start the the, the sharp I'm shooter. I'm going to get about three foot away from you before I shoot you. Yeah. So do this shoots him again. It's it's really quite cold blooded actually, isn't oh, it? I, I think it was, um, true depiction, I suppose. Yes, it? but yeah. Because one of them escapes, doesn't he? And he, he tries to um, ah, what do you call it? Brings the indictment against uh, White Earp and Dog Holiday and all that. Um, is, that, is that the right word to use? You know what I mean? He tries to do them for it. Yeah. Know? And then they, they, they gets thrown out of court because they were just doing their job as lawmen. No, they weren't. No, but that's what they, the judge said anyway. Yeah, well, they weren't lawmen. They, they turned in their badges. They weren't wearing their badges during this. So oh, that's the whole point. Uh, yeah. Well, that's why he tried to... Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, they got away with it anyway. See, look, they were shooting an unarmed man now. And that was actually apparently him that did that scene. It wasn't a stunt man. Was it really? Good for him. I do that Cornish accent of code for some good. <laughs> An Australian TV cut this out. Well, this bit. The bodies. Hmm. It's really. Do you know what? When I grew up, I used to show things like the Paul Hogan show on Channel Four, and it was all like busty women and boobs oh, and. Indeed. But why did you watch? But it, they're then? so. Well, I don't know why I watched it, but. And they had a character called Leo Wanker in it, for Christ's sake, didn't they? But then they get really squeamish about that. It's Please. so... I never well, understood I, that. It was about 20 years between uh, uh, the two. Yeah, but no, but now they're like... Even like no. computer games now, they're like, no violence, don't allow violence or anything. No. Really? It's so peculiar. It's actually sort of got to think about it, um, for a few dollars more. That you know, it opens up the uh, the trunk and sees his face. Where is he? Yeah. That's <laughs> all. I don't know where he'll be today. Getting a wistful now about the Battle of the Last Chance Saloon. On this day, huh? Hartley Pool manager Brian Clough 
Oh. Gives a debut to a 16-year-old John McGovern, starting a long association with the player across three clubs. Who's mm. uh, starting a long association with John McVicker? <laughs> <laughs> And our, fir- and our first TARDIS interior shot of the whole serial. Crikey. And a very small TARDIS set there. <coughs> and of course we won't know what it is because the BBC wiped it. Yeah, yeah. There we go, Doctor Who and the Savages, which, well, we won't do the commentary for that moment, will we? <laughs> yes. I know, we can do it now. Yes. <laughs> and there it was. There you are. <laughs> the last one here, on Thank Your Lucky Stars tonight is Dave Clark Five, the Everly Brothers, Ronnie Carroll and Lorne Leslie. Lorne Leslie? Who the hell's Lorne Leslie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Okay. Well, that's it. That is our commentary. Yes. Commentary. That's a laugh, isn't it? <laughs> our commentary. That's over. our roundup of what happened in. Yeah, that's the history, history lesson. For, for <laughs> yeah, for May nineteen sixty six. There. Um, yes. So, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, I don't know why you've listened to this. It's been absolutely. It's been useless. Actually, you've learned some things, though. You've heard yeah, some things. Learned yes. some, learned yeah, some yeah, many. Not to waste two hours listening to this <laughs> crap. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. So, um, well, Tony, you're going to disappear now for another few months, aren't you? I'm back in the box. You're back in the box. You're back in the box. Undo the valve and let him down. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) As he has us today. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh dear. So, we're going to be um, on a break week next week, aren't we? We are. It's, yes, it's, 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 it's Easter. And it's can't. Easter, so we've got other, other things to do. Um, so when we return, it will be episodes. No, we don't. As you said, we don't go through episode numbers usually, but it's a milestone. Episode two hundred. So um, we're not doing anything special. We're going back to doing a target novelisation, and um, we've decided, literally about half an hour ago, yeah. that we're going to do the five doctors. Mm. Good choice. Yes. Yeah, well, we like the story anyway. So. We've, we've, we've at least chosen a celebration story. Exactly, exactly. So there we are. So um, that's it. Any Anything you want to say, Tom, before you disappear again? <laughs> before, um, before, before, before we kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Any last words? Before you pass sentence. <laughs> 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 Any requests for us to look after your family and your house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I've got a safety deposit box and key here, and uh, I'll put it in your. Yeah, uh, put it in your what? In your pocket. Oh, I see. My okay. <laughs> My own fair hand. Okay, everybody. So until next time, it is goodbye from me, Phil. Goodbye from me, Paul. And goodbye from me, Tony. Goodbye. podcast please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk you can also follow us on twitter 
at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. The Who's He Podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.